Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Talking Townswomen. Before we begin, we'd like to point out that this episode was recorded prior to the current worldwide pandemic. There are mentions of events and certain social activities that may be cancelled or rescheduled. We hope you will enjoy this episode as much as we did, and we hope to be enjoying each other's company again soon. We encourage you all to keep in touch with your friends and family. Stay safe and healthy. That's one small step for man, one giant leap. Womankind. Talking Townswomen. I'm the chair of this wonderful organisation. Townswomen's Guilds, or TG for short, are a female membership organisation with groups known as Guilds across the United Kingdom. We were established in 1929 and our predecessors were suffragists who fought to change the world for a better life for women. So we proudly still keep up the fight and campaign to make women's lives better. National Recruitment Officer. And Beryl. Hello, I'm Beryl, I'm National Vice Chair. And Marilyn. Hi, I'm Marilyn and I'm the National Treasurer. Today we're going to be talking about spring and our plans for getting outside and enjoying the world around us. Now it's a little lighter and a tad less chilly. We're talking a little bit about getting a bit of exercise as well, as we need to keep moving, don't we? as we move into the warmer times of the year. Hopefully we'll have a bit of sunshine soon as well. We've had it very wet recently, haven't we? Oh, it's been like a quagmire. Awful, especially when walking dogs. You have to bath them every time you get home. It's ridiculous. We all look forward to spring and the changes it brings. I mean, traditionally, we think about daffodils, and uh, there is a very nice collection of primroses and primulas out in the hospital grounds close to where I live. We don't have lamb, lambs frolicking in the streets around Tooting. <laughs> <laughs> but they are another symbol, aren't they? Even with all this variable time lambing that goes on these days. What makes you particularly think of spring what 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 is your flashpoint and trigger point to know that spring is truly here well i love my garden and it is a spring garden so of course we get the snowdrops first the crocuses the daffodils it it is real and the thing is you forget what's in your garden and then all of a sudden you know, you get little shoots popping up and surprising you. So that is the thing for me that heralds spring. Mm. My garden coming back to life. 
for me it's walking to the shops which I don't do in the winter I drive but the road I live in has a lot of trees along it and when they start coming into blossom it actually lifts my whole spirit because you just feel that winter is behind and things are going to get better so I love seeing the blossom and you Sarah? Uh, the woodpeckers I spend half my time on a lake and I grow a lot of my own herbs, but I can't grow coriander. doesn't matter what I do, it dies. I grow chilies, some lovely foxglove. I know they're dangerous and deadly, but they are very pretty. And uh, some um, wild garlic, but it's the birds because we have this... A myriad of bird feeders out and my, my husband's done a, an assault course for the squirrels <laughs> it's like something out of Mission Impossible because they're running on this rope and on these branches to the bird feeders and I think we've got about 15 of them but it's funny, it's fantastic and when all the babies are coming out and he's made all these um, bird homes which are attached to the trees, and we've even got a bat's house to go up, but it has to go on a south-facing tree because we have a lot of bats as well. Mm. But that's mine. Surprisingly enough, I live in on the edge of a city. We have an amazing number of bats mm. around us as well, and you don't think of them as being city dwellers, but they. I think it's all the mature trees that are around us or something mm. that, that yes. must make the difference to mm. it. Yeah. We don't even have squirrels on my side of the road. They don't like crossing the road. <laughs> um, they do, and these are grey squirrels, of course, oh, which yes. some yes. people argue are vermin, others don't. Um, but they will not cross my road. I think they're frightened of being squ squashed by the uh, fire engines coming to put the toasters out in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. We have a squirrel that comes in our garden. We've got a bird feeder and I put fat balls out and niger seeds uh, to attract the uh, goldfinches. Um, and this squirrel comes, it hangs upside down and eats the fat balls. It just, it's just so greedy. But then, you know, it's, uh, I'm thinking of getting one of these squirrel proof <laughs> bird feeders. Don't. Are they no good? They don't no, work. Because don't I came out one day to find the squirrel inside the squirrel-proof <laughs> bird feeder. You know, they sort of have a metal cage around no, it. Don't. It was inside the metal cage. <laughs> and I thought, well, actually, you deserve the food if you've worked yes, this hard to get it. True. But I did resent the amount of money I'd spent on it. Yes. I shan't bother then. I wouldn't bother. No, no I wouldn't. No. I know a lot of guilds do have um, garden groups. Do any of your guilds do do that? Or we don't have a garden group, but two of the guild I belong to help organise the local town in bloom festival. Oh, that's good. And yeah. I'm always ashamed when I go to committee meetings in their houses because their gardens are so beautiful. And when they come to mine, um, mine's less than beautiful. Yeah, I know that feeling very well. I must ring up my gardener and ask him to come back again. But he doesn't like working in the rain, so uh, I haven't seen much of him lately. Guilds often have speakers on gardening as well, which is, is great. Um, 
local horticultural centres are a very good source of speakers quite usually and they also have garden centres, have the most wonderful cafes as well, they don't do. they? Yeah. And I know quite a number of guilds will have um, a place to meet based at the uh, garden centre with regular coffee mornings too. We had a good speaker last year who was from the local beekeepers association because obviously they're very concerned about the number of bees that we're losing and he came and gave a fascinating talk to the guild so if it's something people haven't had it's worth thinking about as a speaker for a guild evening yeah. but again he is a city beekeeper yeah and there are a lot of high-rise buildings which have beehives on top on the roof yeah. on the yeah. roof i believe john lewis in oxford street have some hives these days okay. Um, they've they've done a lot with their roof gardens recently, and uh, you know it's fascinating to go up as high as you can and look down on buildings and see what roof gardens they have got. Do you have any living walls near you? Oh yes, yes, quite a lot of living walls with the 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 plants all put it pushed in it somehow, and and hanging down. I'm trying to think where the last one I saw was but I, I know I pass one regularly but do you think I can remember where it is today? Uh, might be Putney but it's it's something that's really growing now and I look at some of my friend my local neighbours and notice that from balconies we've got plants trailing now so that I think people down below a gardener may have to get the pruning shears out sometimes <laughs> so that they're not completely obscured. But it's it's a very nice way. And of course, when we're thinking these days about climate change and everything, green things become so important. We saw an awful lot of driveway, uh, gardens going to be replaced by driveways. Yes, that is one of the problems, yeah. isn't it, the concrete? It, it yeah, is. So. I know the RHS has done a lot of work to show that actually you can have a garden and a driveway. You know, you can, you can plant under where the car goes and things like that. Mm. Every piece of greenery contributes to absorbing carbon dioxide which they need for the photosynthesis process last, so that's great sorry last year i transformed the side of my garage into a green wall because oh. it's a brick garage and so i got my hammer and nails out and i've hung up buckets and jugs metal buckets metal jugs things like that all over the wall and you know me um and all my artistic bits and so i've got pottery green men on it and um, a couple of bee houses that I've made and I recently did some a stained glass wind chime to go on it which is why I've got a large cut on my finger oh, no. but it it actually looks an attractive wall now rather mm. than just looking like a brick wall now so mm. I'm really pleased with what it. What is a green man barrel? Well it was the origins of Father <laughs> Christmas wasn't he before um he was the origin uh, when Wenceslas yeah. first came in. He, he's fairy folklore. He looks after the garden and makes it flourish. If you go to somewhere like nasty as well. if you go to Southminster in Nottingham, there are carvings of green men, stone carvings of green men, and they are very much the old fertility 
symbol and about renewal that at the end of winter there will be spring and it's the continuity of nature basically. The thing is about uh, having wall, you know, green walls as well, is that it is good insulation. I know when, when we were on the cruise and we went to Copenhagen, mm -hmm. there were the uh, there were live roofs on the bus yeah. stops mm -hmm. where they did, uh, you know the plant put plants on, you know things like that. But these like these with live walls where they've got plants, it is good insulation. Yeah. So yeah. insulation in the winter, but cooler in the summer. Well, that that's right. The shade. The advantage I've found with all the winds that we had in February was that the the fact that I have a huge colony of ivy and Virginia creeper in my back garden has actually kept the fences upright. Well, They've got such a stranglehold that the <laughs> fences can't fall down. Um, so there are advantages. One thing just reminded me, Sarah said she can't grow coriander. If there's anybody out there who can grow coriander, visit our Facebook page or email us. Um, the Facebook page is Towns Women's Guilds and our website is www.thetg.com. If you want to send us information, go to contact at thetg.com. That's with a hyphen between the the and the tg.com. Um, and Sarah will get forwarded the information. She so vitally, desperately needs. I love my coriander. <laughs> I do. I love it on everything. I'd eat it morning, noon and night. And like Beryl, who hates no, it. No, I hate it. Beryl, you talked about decorating your, your wall. When you did your resolutions, you talked about your stone carving. I did, and I have actually got the piece of stone out, which has got half a green man, a bit green man obsessed. It's got half a green man on it, which is going to be carved, because on my wall, I also have a wooden green man, because last year, I did a wood carving course and carved a green man and as I said it has pottery green men from when I did pottery. You are a little bit obsessed. I am you? just a little bit obsessed. I do have them in my doll's houses as well. If you're in London and want to go for a walk sometime, there's a great walk from Finsbury Central tube station through Finsbury Park and it follows the route of an old railway line up to Alexandra Palace. And on one of the old station platforms, they've created a very large green man's Lovely. sculpture. It, it's about a mile and a half from the nearest tube station, but it and, and probably two miles from Alexandra Palace, but it's a lovely landmark. It'll be quite a nice flat walk if it was an old railway line as well. It is, but it? it's, it's a flat-ish walk because you're starting from quite low and, as you might be aware, Alexandra Palace is at the top of a hill, so there is a very gradual incline. I'd probably cope with a gradual incline. Yeah. We're talking about our flat talking about the flowers. What's your favourite spring flower? Mine mine have got to be um primulas actually. They seem to be 
out in flower as well early. When we came back from Australia, I was really happy to see I'd already got the snowdrops out and the primulas, and they look really lovely, mm-hmm. a really welcome sight. But my tip for uh, gardening, I'm a bit lazy in that I don't do many bedding plants at all, but I've put quite a lot of perennials in. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, they, they're filling most of the garden, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Bride's Veil and Lilac, and they're really lovely. And, mm. of course, they come out and fill the garden with colour. So I've, I've, And then we just have... Usually we've got a patio at the side of the house and we, we have tubs at the side of the house with such as lilies in and um, jersey lilies, that sort of thing, mm. which are all perennials. I and love my lilies. Do you? Do yours change colour? No, I've got a yellow one and an orange one. And then, of course, the jersey lily, that's pink. Well, I've got the big white star lilies, which look beautiful. But I bought some tiger lilies, and the first year they were orange, Orange. and last year they were yellow. Oh, right. They changed colour. Could it be the soil? Because, I mean, you have hydrangeas which change colour according to whether it's alkaline or acidic soil. So I don't know. Do lilies do the same? I've got no idea. Perhaps somebody could tell us. Yeah, oh. well, I was looking it up, and they said depending on the bulbs or or something, they tiger lilies can change colour. Right, interesting. Mm. Have to look out for that. I remember one summer, I dug up a whole bed of tiger lilies because my mother had muttered something about not liking them before she went off for the summer with the rest of the family. She wasn't very pleased though when she came back to an empty bed because I hadn't had time to replant it um, but there we go it was quite a large bed too because it was an old fashioned vicarage right. has any, un- uh, sorry has anybody ever grown agapanthus no no <laughs> they, they are lovely and they like they, when, when they're in a, a tub they like the roots to be compressed they don't like being moved and given plenty of space, so they do grow well in uh, in a tub, but they mm. are really beautiful. One of my favourites is roses, and my rose trees have just finished blooming from last year. Um, they've held on, they, they, they held on much longer mm. this year than normal. Normally I get the, the last one's blossoms at the beginning of January. I hope that I will get some new blooms coming through from the beginning, well, from St George's Day, because we celebrate St George's Day quite a bit because the local hospital is St George's and everybody walks around with a rose buttonhole if they can find Mm. one. It's nice to be able to pick Mm. one from your own garden. Is your garden quite sheltered then? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I haven't seen a frost for... Ten years or more, Um, and it's been badly hit by the winds because they've been coming at a slightly different Mm. angle this Mm. year. Um, But it is very much an inner city Mm. garden, Mm. and it's just warm. I mean, we're about two or three degrees warmer than surrounding areas. When I my family live on the south coast. And when I travel down in the spring, I can see how spring is coming because the nearer to the south coast I get, 
the more spring flowers there are out. Mm. And it's quite interesting to see that difference mm. in just sort of 250 miles. We're just taking the bus from home to Clapham Junction it, towards the end of February, I noticed that there are parks that are just full of daffodils. And that is a sight to behold. Because yeah. even the little kids are not kicking their balls mm. at the daffodils anymore. It's this magic of them being the first en masse flower. You mm. don't get a lot of snowdrops in Greater London. No. And they're quite they're quite difficult to, mm. to grow, aren't they? It's a lot down by Box Hill, which isn't that far mm. from me, but um, not We've many got roads, several yeah. uh, sort of minor stately homes who have wonderful displays of snowdrops. And when you said about spring flowers, that's what I think of, mm. because a couple of friends of myself do go and visit to look mm. at the snowdrops because they're just wonderful. You have just acres of white uh, and I, it looks lovely. I do love the progression though from the camellias. The first camellias in the road are out in January and we progress then so you get the, the camellias become the rhododendrons and then the azaleas. Mm. We, we have a couple of wonderful gardens near Canizero Park in Wimbledon and the Isabella Plantation in Richmond Park are both absolutely, uh, they're world class in terms of the rhododendron displays. But it's a question of picking just the right time. Yeah. I used to lead monthly walks and if you went in March, it was usually far too early for the rhododendrons. If you went in April, you stood a reasonable chance of seeing them. And if you went in May, it was usually too late. But over the years, it varied greatly. So you'd have to put in, if you wanted to see rhododendrons and be guaranteed to, you'd have to find at least three sites where they could be found so that each monthly walk right. would fall at a, a rhododendron location. Mm. And then you'd have a chance mm. of seeing them in a year. Mm. Has anyone got uh, near them a bluebell wood? There's one no. down by Aldershot Bluebell Woods. Is there? Yeah, and there's an old steam railway there as well. But it's beautiful and it's vast. It's one thing I miss. I grew up in, in the southeast and very near a place called Christ's Hospital. And there, the, the verges would be covered in bluebells. There were bluebell woods, and now I live in Nottinghamshire. I haven't actually found the same thing there at all. Well, for those who live in North London, there's, um, I think it's Queen's Woods, which are absolutely carpeted, and you go down, oh, there's so many routes around outside, outer London that are packed with bluebells. Any woodland seems to be uh, a prime mm -hmm. space yeah. for it. There's one There's one near us, it's at a place called Winkerbank and we used to call it the we used to call it the woolly woods when we were little but um, that is absolutely full of English bluebells or not the Spanish ones that grow no, the, the garden. No, the ones. Yeah. But they are taking over unfortunately. They are yeah, they? yeah. Mm. Yes. That's the problem with strangers coming in. Mm. Mm. Does, does anybody else grow anything slightly unusual in their garden? Because I have a thing for fig trees. I love fig trees. 
and I have four at current count in pots, huge pots. I first came across them at Hardwick Hall, Hardwick Old Hall, where Bess lived before she built the new place. There's one wool which is covered in figs, mm. and that's what started me thinking I could grow them at home. And do you get a crop from them? No, not particularly, but I love the shape of the leaves. I've got um, plums, plum trees, Victoria plum and another plum, and we get an awful lot from that. I have a salvia, hot lips, which I'm very fond of. That, oh, that, yeah. was, na- that was named in honour of... Uh, Mick Jagger apparently and his Loretta Swift from the side Loretta Swift hot lips hot lips (laughs) yes mash Mash. from mash yeah well that takes us back it does doesn't it well gardening of course is one sort of exercise some of us like it and some of us don't Um, another is vigorous spring cleaning do you ever do that sort of cleaning or do you, has that gone past these days? I think I'm it's gone past these days to be quite honest. I do. I, I'm a I'm a spring spring cleaner. I get the oh, urge yeah. of yeah. It's probably about three times a year when I do the whole lot. Now I don't terrible. Before Christmas, spring and probably in the middle of the summer, the skirting boards, everything comes out the airing cupboard, everything's done. The whole lot. I'll spend two days doing it. I'm impressed, Sarah. But I, I really like it. it. Yeah, just come under mine next time you feel the urge. But it gives you a sense of achievement, achievement. you know. But halfway through, the thing that gets me, you'll get visitors coming around for a cuppa. They don't tell you they're coming. I hate that. They don't tell you they're coming, and the place looks like a tip because you've got everything out. Everything's out of the cupboards. Yeah, Yeah, the whole lot. Plus, it's great for um, recycling things, taking things down to the charity shop. And to the uh, reclaimers and, you know, doing a bit of sustainability. I have to bribe myself just to do housework because I hate it so much. Um, I hate hoovering. I hate any housework. I live in an Edwardian house which has got incredibly high ceilings. And I'm not incredibly high. (laughs) And even with a long feather duster, I can't reach the ceiling. And there are a lot of spider's webs. Uh, and I get really frustrated, but I I get so frustrated doing housework, I have to say to myself, if you spend half an hour doing this, you can then go and play making something. And it's the only way I can do it. I used to love when, it, when I was at work because I could afford a cleaner. And I'd come in and she would say, I've cleaned the skirting boards. And I used to think, I didn't know people cleaned skirting boards. Yeah, you can get an extendable handle for your duster, you know. Oh, even with one of those, it still won't... They really Mm. are high ceilings and they Mm. still won't reach. Mm. So I have to stand on a stepladder and then do a bit and then move the stepladder around. But look at all that exercise you're getting by moving the stepladder. exactly. Yeah, Yeah. see? Because anything that's not sitting is exercise. Yeah. You see, I, I put the 60s music on. Oh, when yeah, I'm doing do, it. Do a bit of a, a jig Oh, yeah, I have a bit of a But it's got to be 60s and some 70s. And I'll have that playing full whack. Well, I turned my mattress yesterday. It's not something I do as often as I should do. Because you can imagine, I have a king-size bed and I'm doing it on my own. So the big problem is it always hits the lampshade. And mm. unless I've thought very carefully mm. beforehand 
and dusted the lampshade, you send a shower of yeah. dust everywhere. But it is it is a good source of exercise if you're vigorous enough. Mm. But nothing like what my grandmother used to do and have the rugs outside and beating them with that sort of whisk-type yes. carpet beater. I have the rugs outside. Now, I do take the kitchen mats out and, and beat those against the garage. And yes. it's quite satisfying when you get all the... The dust coming out of those, yeah. but that's as far as I go with it. Yeah, I'm in, I'm impressed. I really am, because I'm, uh, sometimes I have to pretend the Queen's coming <laughs> <laughs> to, make, to make me do to to make me do housework. I'm terrible, absolutely. Well, I think we're all so busy, I and mean, I, I, I cause great amusement to my neighbours because I shake my bedside rugs out of the window regularly every Sunday. And if it's nice, I let them air as well. I don't well, know why. We've only, we've only got one rug, and it, well, it's not a rug, it's a mat, and it's just inside the kitchen door for mm. you to wipe your feet on when you come in. Mm. So I, I am impressed. Anybody that has beaten carpets <laughs> but or, or turning mattresses. Well, but my exercise is I do a lot of walking, and I walk from our house to town. It's about two miles and really enjoy that mm. yeah. and nearby where we live as well is um, Wentworth Woodhouse and sometimes we uh, will park in Greensboro which is a, a you know nearby village and walk through Wentworth Park past the dams what they're called Greensboro dams they're called absolutely fabulous and then we walk up past the house and of course You've always got a target in mind. Lunch at the Rockingham Arms. Yeah. <laughs> and then we walk back to Greensboro, back to the car, back through the Wentworth Park. It, it is absolutely lovely. Really nice. Now, you see, countryside walking doesn't do it for me at all. Uh, there was one day in my previous job, we were looking out the window, and my friend said, oh, I'd love to be on Striding Edge today. Where would you love to be? I said, Regent Street. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's to do with walking in a city, I love cities, I can walk for miles in a city mm. and really enjoy it because I like going on holiday to cities abroad as well. Oh, mm. It's my favourite thing to do. And I can just walk for hours and hours in a city. But mm. countryside, no, I have, to, I have to wear real shoes, not my ballet pumps. And, but, you know. but you don't feel as if you're exercising when you do that, even though you're probably no, doing I, your I probably 10, do, steps absolutely, at least. and more. But yes. I don't consider it exercise, no. but it probably is. Even walking around a supermarket is exercise. Especially when they move things and you yes, can't that's find the idea. them. <laughs> well, they, they also say that fidgeting is good. So when yes. you're sitting at the desk, make your feet walk or get one of those little cycles, the desk cycles that you can use because we all sit, I'm sure, if you're anybody's like me, we sit far too long yes. writing things and answering letters and making phone calls and... It don't know where the day goes. Should somebody invent a sort of cycle under the desk which will power your laptop? Ah, so unless you idea. cycle, you can't actually use oh, your laptop. Yeah. I think yeah. that might be a little bit too vigorous. <laughs> You'd have to have a high desk though, which wouldn't do your posture any good because of moving your knees up and down, because you'd be banging your legs, wouldn't you? 
the high desk like Bob Cratchit, you see. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Stand, standing yeah. desk. A standing oh, desk. Yes. All the rain. I know even IKEA sells standing desks now. I so. worked with somebody who used to have standing meetings. Mm. So we would go in and we weren't, allowed to, we weren't allowed to sit down. And I tell you, we had some of the shortest <laughs> meetings <laughs> ever. Yeah. yeah, I'm a terrible fidgeter. I'm always fidgeting. But that, that helps burn up the calories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And does anybody here use the gym or do a, <laughs> a regular exercise session? No. no. Unfortunately, I can't because of a medical condition. But a thing that I do use is a vibrating plate. Oh. And you stand on it, and it, it it moves all your muscles, and so it's the equivalent of being in the gym, yeah. without actually having to go to the gym. For it's those... a bit like, um, you know, if you've been to Legoland, they have a an earthquake machine. Oh right. And it's a bit like having an earthquake machine in your own home. For the benefit of listeners, Marilyn dissolved into hysterical <laughs> giggles at the mention of a vibrating plate. I have been trying to do 10 Today, which is a 10-minute exercise video um, you can find on the internet. Now, I just Google 10 Today. is a very nice gentleman who's a mature gentleman. It's designed exercise programme for those of us who are a little older, um, it, most of the exercises can be done sit, seated in an armchair or um, a, t a dining chair. And you don't have to get down on the floor at all because getting down on the floor is my downfall. I can never get up again. But I've been exercising, stretching, um, it hasn't seemed to have done an awful lot of good yet, but I shall keep it up. It might be worth other people having a look at that one because, as I say, it, he's not a bad instructor in the video version and it's also available just on audio broadcast. So. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Well, it's one way of doing things. It is, yeah. What about dancing? Do any of you dance? <laughs> in the kitchen. To sixties yeah. music. Yeah. People, yeah, people you. begin to think that I am a little peculiar because I do have an NVQ level two in belly dancing. <laughs> um, because it is an extremely, I don't know why you like, it's an extremely good form of exercise. My only problem is, being slightly dyslexic, I can't tell left from right. And when all the class went left, I would find myself going right and vice versa. But it's jolly good fun, in actual fact. Yeah. I would recommend it as uh, as a form of exercise. Well, I, I do know a number of guilds have had um, demonstrations from belly dancers or even pole dancers because they are excellent ways of maintaining your flexibility Absolutely. as well. Yeah. I still have my coin belt, so if any guild wants me to come and do a demonstration, I'd be well, There you go. Put that on your CV. It was on my CV, and as a teacher, you had a folder you took with certificates in, and it was a certificate I used to take with me. A lot of guilds um, take, do some form of physical exercise, whether it's a walking group or um, a mass trip to a swimming pool once a week or once a month, or chair-based exercises can be quite popular as well. 
We've only got one guild that I know of, though, that uh, tap dances. We'll hear from one of the ladies of Rainhill Evening Guild in the Liverpool area, who are tap dancers. Hello, is that Vera? Hello. Hello, Vera. Lovely to hear from you. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. I understand that you are part of a guild tap dancing group. Is that right? I am, yes. How long have you... I actually teach the ladies some tap steps. Really? How long have you been doing this? I'm sorry? How long have you been doing it for? Well, um, it must be about 12 years or something like that. (laughs) Wow. Do you you meet every week or...? Every uh, twice a month. Twice a month. Twice a month, yes. Must be quite good exercise for everybody too. We hope so, yes. The ladies who come do enjoy it. Um, We do get some exercise. Obviously, over the 10, 12 years, um, we've gone rather more slowly now (laughs) than we used to do. We're not quite as energetic as we were, but we still keep going. So how many are there in your group? Um, About, if I've got a full complement, there are 10 of us. 10? 10, yes, just 10 ladies, yes. Lovely. Do you ever put on shows or take part in performance? No, no, (laughs) no. It was mentioned in the early days and um, the reaction I got was, oh dear, um, I think I will be sick and I will need a stiff drink before we start. (laughs) So no, no, it's just for pleasure and fun. How did you get into tap dancing yourself? Oh, I've danced since I was three years old. Really? Yes. Gosh. Yes. You, you, yeah. you, you I did ballet and tap from being a little girl. And then um, I had my own dancing school for a while. For, well, for a long time, actually. Yes. Oh, lovely. You, you aren't the lady that was on Greatest Dancer, are you? No, 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 not at all. No, no, I was no threat to um, to any of the big ballerinas. No, not at all. Ah, oh, no. what a shame. The main thing with anything like this, though, is to have fun when you're doing it. We do, yes. The, the ladies do enjoy it. Um, as I say, we we dance for an hour. We do some bar work, holding on to the chairs, and um, you know, do some exercises, and then. Those of us who are up to it move into the middle of the room and put some steps together and try and actually do a bit of dance, you know, rather than just plain exercises. Then we sit down, have a cup of tea and biscuits and a chat. <laughs> well, that that's probably one of the most important parts of the afternoon, but it sounds fabulous exercise. Uh, thank you, yes, we, we hope so. And the ladies do enjoy coming. So, um, you know, it's it's worth carrying on. Well, so, that, and, and let's give a plug to your guild, because you're Rainhill Guild, aren't you? Yes, Rainhill Evening Guild. And that's in Liverpool or the edges of Liverpool? It's, it's, well, Rainhill is actually Merseyside, but we're with the Liverpool Federation. All right. We're about 10 miles outside Liverpool. Right. And do you meet in the afternoon or the evening? As a We're guild. Evening. Oh, the, the guild is evening, but 
what our tap sessions are in the afternoon. That, that's fabulous. I, I hope um, we might encourage some other people to come along and join your guild because it does sound as though it's, it's full of activity. It is, yes. We do a great deal and a lot of fundraising and the arts and crafts section do some absolutely fantastic things. It's a thriving guild. Wonderful to hear. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for talking to me today, Vera. Um, thank you. Bye-bye. Saturday, June 27th. Bantock Park, Wolverhampton. WV13... 9LQ. We're having an event called Every Woman. Uh, we've joined up with the council and we're inviting ladies, bring your own picnic, no barbecues please, don't want any, any open flames. Uh, we're going to have ladies there from all different organisations, uh, female only solicitors, we're going to have CAB there. We're going to have mental health there. We're going to have midwives there. Um, we're going to have... I think we're going to try and get Copperfield there um, so ladies know how to examine their own breasts. But it's going to be a very good, informative day. I'll be there. And so will I. And so will Penny. And so will Karen. And there'll be um, a talk about the women of Wolverhampton, especially the tenacious ones. And all in all, it's going to be a good day and it's free. Yeah. Bring the kids. At what time is it going to be then? 10 till 4. 10 until 4. 10 till 4. It's going to be a fantastic day. And we've got the uh, Wilfruna Ladies Choir and we may have a rather big surprise. So if you turn up, you'll find out what that is. Mm. Spend Sounds it. great, that. So it's, did you say Bantock? Bantock. Bantock Park in Wolverhampton. Yeah, yep. and we, we, have, we have sent out the details of that in the February mailing okay. for um, for guilds. So mm. if you didn't quite catch the details, you can find them on our website or ask your committee or officers for your guilds for the information. Marilyn, we've got the bowls coming up soon, haven't we? We have, yes. It's on the 7th of August in Preston at the Moor Park Sports and Social Club. If you're wanting to take part with, the, you know, you need a this two play together. They're a team of two. It's £24 per playing pair. And it, the closing date for applications is the 19th of June. So if you're wanting to, uh, to take part as a player, that's what you need to do. Send an application into Towns and Men's Guild headquarters. But if you just want to be an observer, then it doesn't cost anything. And last year was absolutely fabulous. It was a lovely sunny day. Everybody enjoyed it. And the Moor Park Club do a great range of sandwiches and cakes and strawberry scones, that sort of thing, at very reasonable prices. And, of course, there's you can either get... Um, tea or coffee or you can get an alcoholic drink because there's a, a bar there as well and don't forget to bring an umbrella and your suntan lotion <laughs> the umbrella 
last year came in really useful to keep the sun off people. So you've got to be prepared for all eventualities. I had a great day there last year. It, it was it was really nice. And everybody gets on so well. Uh, one of the ladies that was playing was is actually featured in the latest magazine. The latest mag magazine. Yeah. The 2020 number one magazine because she's the uh, free swimmer. Yeah, you know, the, you know, the, the open water the swimmer. The open water swimmer. Yeah. Yeah, so she's she's also plays bowls. Oh. So, There's a very interesting picture of her knitting in and the water <laughs> as well, isn't it? She's a, a wonderful lady. You just can't believe that she's in yeah. her 80s. You and know, to be doing things like that. And a number of the ladies um, actually were breaking up a week's holiday in the area. They they went on to Blackpool yeah, and yeah, various other places yeah, they, as well. they came a day early because they wanted to go to Blackpool. It's very close to Blackpool. Mm. They just went and caught a local bus and went there for the day mm. and uh, and then came back and did the, played the bowls the following day. We would love to do flat green bowling in the south of it, of England as well. But I understand that many of you are tied up with leagues. We, we would like to put something else. We used to have a flat green bowling competition. We'd like to bring it back again. Mm -hmm. So just let us know. And if there's any other sport or le creative leisure that you've, you think we should have a competition for, get in touch. Mm -hmm. We're always open to ideas. I have had um, one guild but in Greater Manchester that would like to do flat green bowls. But whether, you know, they want they would want to go down south to compete, I don't know, or whether the people from down south would want to come, you know, up north to compete, I don't know. Yeah. But I shall follow that up. Yeah, it'd be great. That's all we've got time for today. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And there's something you can take away from it too. Don't forget we need to know for Sarah how to grow coriander and we want to hear from you about what you'd like to hear in future podcasts as well. We'd encourage you to leave a review of the podcast too via your podcast provider and don't forget to give us five stars. We're aiming to be the best. We are the best. We are. Well, we're townswomen, aren't we? Oh, exactly. As always, if you'd like to find out more about TG, please visit our website, www.thetg, with the hyphen in between, .com, and get in touch via Facebook page. Until next time, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Talking Townswomen. Goodbye from me. And me. And me. Yes.